welcome back to The Move. We're going to take a look at the third week, this midweek check-in uh, for the 2023 Vuelta España. We're going to look over the last three or four stages and really reflect on what Johan and Spencer talked about yesterday. All the drama with Jumbo Visma, what's going on, what are they doing? And uh, well, we got some answers today, so we'll dig deep into that. Uh, before we do, we do want to check in with one of our partners with Manscaped. We've been telling you about our partners at Manscaped for some time, but we never really talk technology, right? It's like, what are, am I using here? I'm here to tell you that the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer with advanced skin safe technology uh, works at reducing nicks and cuts, which makes taking care of everything uh, a lot safer. You want to use the best technology. And uh, another part of their technological masterpiece, it has a 7,000 RPM motor multifunctional on-off switch that can engage in a travel lock and a built-in 4,000K LED spotlight to help you see what you're doing. And their performance package comes with things to cool you down, like the Crop Preserver and the Crop Reviver. Once you start using these products along with your manscaping, you'll get it. You'll start using them as a regular basis. You'll love it. You're actually going to love it. And the Performance Package 4.0, which is one of the options, caps it off with two free gifts, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag, which I use that travel bag for not only my Manscaped equipment, but all my other toiletries now. Bring in the fall right and get 20% off and free shipping with the code THEMOVE at manscaped.com. That's all one word, THEMOVE at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code the move and as the leaves fall make sure you have it all with manscaped all right welcome back everybody i'm jb joined by spencer martin and johan Brunil. and uh and i gotta before we get too into it I'll, i have to say you guys yesterday when you did the move plus like if people haven't heard or, or listened to watched viewed whatever our move plus that's when you guys really isolate a particular topic as opposed to just a general recap and yesterday, you guys really went after Jumbo Visma and their tactics in this Vuelta, which I thought was great. One of the best shows you guys have ever done, if not the best. Really good stuff. So let's kind of pick up where that left off. A lot of questions were answered today about, are, is Roglic going to attack? More, and more importantly, is Jonas Vingago going to attack? Or are they going to look out for Sepp Kuss? We got the answer today. So let's start with you, Johan, with what, when we watched uh, them behave themselves, if you will. <laughs> uh, what was going through your mind? I felt like oh, maybe they listened to Johan yesterday. I huh? think, I mean, that was the first thing. That was the first thing I thought. I said, man, Jumbo Visma has listened to the move. Um, because basically everything we said yesterday, or, you know, that we, we would like to happen or that should happen happened uh today was obviously a really hard stage um, maybe maybe if you look at the difficulty taking away you know the tourmalet of course as as a big climb and, and the anglidu as a big climb but as a whole this stage was really hard probably the hardest one of the whole vuelta and coming so late in the race um so it was clear to me that it was going to be a breakaway that happened uh and then there was basically no battle at all uh, in the GC favorite group, uh, maybe just uh, Mikel Landa trying to distance Juan Ayuso, but um, it was it was really good to see that finally, finally, uh, before before 
today's stage or maybe yes after yesterday's stage, Jumbo Visma has made a decision that they want Sepp Kuss to win this Vuelta. And uh, as you see here on the picture behind me, we have Jonas Vingengard and Primoz Roglic setting the pace for the red jersey. They also did that yesterday, but at some point Sepp Kuss couldn't follow and they never looked back. Here, it was completely different. So um, I think, you know, they... Uh, and you know they did get a lot of criticism uh, on social media, um, and of course, you know uh, I, I listened to the the interview of Richard Plugerby, the the general manager of Jumbo Visma, before the stage, and he said, "Yeah, you know it seems like everybody's so interested in what we're going to do. We have a plan. You will see." I, I personally think you know them deciding that Sepkus deserves this win, and he does deserve this win for many many reasons. In the first place, for how he rode in this Vuelta, uh, I think is is you know the best way they could answer the criticism, and uh, the best way they could show their gratitude to such a valuable player on their team. Go ahead, Spencer. Do you want? Yeah. To so to, just to back us up to how did we get into this mess? How did Yumbo <laughs> get themselves into this mess? You guys recorded a show on the rest day, and I was thinking this on the rest day too. It's just easy, right? Defensive riding all the way to Madrid. One, two, three, bing, bang, boom. It's over. Well, no, because stage 16 rolls around through the, I, I would say most beautiful part of Spain. Is that accurate, Johan? Th these stages have been unbelievably beautiful. And mm -hmm. well, yeah, I mean, Cantabria is, is Cantabria, Asturias. It's super nice. The, you know, it's beautiful. Little, little minus point. It rains a lot. That's also, yeah. <laughs> How does it get so green? When it's, when it's really good weather, it's amazing. Yeah. Beautiful part. So, so Jonas is 144 behind Sepkus going into stage 16. Um, you'd think kind of routine stage probably should be a breakaway steep finish, like 5K at 9% about the final climb. Um, Yumbo pulls it back. I, we didn't totally agree with that just because it introduces variables like what if you crash on the run in, just maybe go easy instead of going hard. But Jonas attacks. He's supposed to be followed by UAE who has three riders in that group. I think what Jonas is thinking, what Yumbo is thinking is UAE is going to line it out. Jonas is going to win the stage by 15 seconds. Sepkus is protected by UAE who has to set a hard, steady pace to follow him. It's a great reverse lead out, right? No, that's not what happens. UAE for some reason doesn't chase him. They have a rider chasing Jonas stuck in no man's land. Mark Soler sitting at the back. Spalamate is attacking. It's a complete disaster. Jonas gets way too much time, like over a minute on Sepkus. Now he's close. Now he's 29 seconds back. Well, they go into tomorrow's or yesterday's stage, which is features, I would say the hardest climb in pro cycling, maybe, maybe second, maybe third, if you stretch it, that Angrelu and they destroy everybody. Bahrain sets a hard pace. It's just Yumbo left three guys at the front, a little, maybe unpressed. Maybe they were even confused about what to do at that point. You'd think like Roglic really wants to win the stage. You know, maybe just keep the pace steady right away outsprint your teammates to win. He goes a little bit too hard, gets a little too, you know, but also Roglic is Roglic has one speed. It's kind of like Remco. Like there's no, there's no turning them off one. And that's why they're good. Roglic goes away. Jonas follows them. They drop Sepkus probably because of the acceleration to go up to Roglic and Jonas gets within eight seconds of them. So then going into the, today's stage, you're thinking, are they going to like, what's the deal here? But and it looked bad and it was bad. And we, we reamed him on yesterday's show. 
but it really didn't mean they didn't mean for this to happen because stage 16, they should have been pursued. Jonas took way too much time. And then I think they did a like they went a long ways towards righting any wrongs they've done because they decided we have a guy in red. Maybe let's just ride defensively. They kind of look like the sky train out there on the final climb, hold back any attacks. Really, that's just textbook. Like, why would you do anything but that when you have such a big gap? There's no need to start attacking Sepkus, but do you, who do you guys think was the strongest rider on that climb? Like, do you, like Jonas has won stages throughout this race and impressive stages. I I don't know if he looks as strong as he did at the tour. And I frankly don't know if he's as strong as Sep. Like today, I thought Sep, did you notice like it was him responding, responding to those late attacks from Ayuso and Mm. Yeah, I personally, I mean, I think I think Jonas Jonas Vingega has changed throughout this world. I personally think that in the last stages he was the strongest. Uh, he was not at the beginning, uh, and I think it's kind of normal. You know, he he was the guy who came in, um, did the tour, won the tour, took some time off, a little bit of time off, prepared for the Vuelta, but didn't go to altitudes. Whereas. The other leader before the stage, before the race, was was Primoz Roglic. He made this a goal, and you know did the whole preparation, the recon, the altitude camps, and came in in really good shape. Um, Sepkus did. I, I I don't see how he can have done any specific preparation for the tour, for the Vuelta because you know he did the Giro, then he did the Tour. Mainly, what he he focused on recovering, right? Um, but I do think at the end, uh, you know, let's not forget, you know, as we said yesterday, Spencer, you know, these two riders, uh, Primoz Roglic and Jonas Vingegaard are two of the three best stage races in the world. And, uh, you know, when they are not sick or injured, even if they're a little bit off, uh, they're still going to be up there. There's only, there's only really Tadej Pogacar who can challenge them, uh, at this point, you know, unless... We'll see in the future if other young guys can get to that level. But um, I think I think uh, you know Sepkus got into this position. Um, if I remember correctly, uh, stage three in the Pyrenees there in Andorra, Sepkus was leading out um, Primos and Jonas, and 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 when they sprinted, then he. He lost some time. I think he lost like close to 20 seconds or something, the stage that Remco Evenepoel won. And so, you know, their initial idea was, okay, let's try to win this tour, this tour of Spain with one of those two guys, or maybe be first and second. Uh, and they never expected that Sepkus would be allowed to go in that breakaway, you know, win that stage and then hang on to that, to that uh, time that he gained. Uh, those things happen in stage races, you know, and if that's, you know, I, listen, in the end now, you know, we, 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 we were really hard on them yesterday. Uh, we have to say today, we have to applaud them for the way they reacted Jumbo Visma and how they showed this, you know, appreciation for, for Sepkus. Um, and, you know, not, everybody's happy. Uh, all the people are happy now. The sponsors <laughs> will be happy. It's, it's win, 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 win on all sides for, for Jumbo Visma, I think. Yeah, one of the things that came to, to mind for me, I thought of, about you, Jan, because when, you know, the postal era, you didn't have 
all this social media and everybody barking about what should be oh. happening. You didn't have podcasts thank, all thank over. God. Being- <laughs> thank God we didn't have that. Because, you man, did have man. like 300 well-funded local papers in the U.S. constantly writing about what you were doing right and wrong, though. <laughs> There's like so many writers back in the day. But I don't even know if back then the writers were as critical true, true. as they are today. You know, now mm-hmm. they have to have to take more of a stand and more. It used to just be more reporting. Here's what happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just can't imagine what it would have been like. And what. It, so my guess, my question is to you, do you think that all of this public outcry like we saw over Jumbo yesterday uh, has an effect on the game? Yeah. I think so. I think so. Um, I mean, if you, if you look at, if you look at, well, let's not forget Primoz Roglic. I've, I repeated already a few times before the Vuelta started said, you know, we have two guys, but Hey, don't forget. Sepp Kuz can also win this Vuelta. He said this before the start of the Vuelta. He was right. Um, but you know, until today, we've never really seen you know, like, okay, you know, we, we all like Sepp Kuss in the lead, you know, we want him to win, but they never said we are going to ride for Sepp Kuss, full stop, you know? So um, I personally think that has it has an effect. Uh, in the end, you know, they're, they're in the game for to win bike races, uh, but it, 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 it's actually a sad thing to see that you have this team who is, you know, so strong, They've already won the Giro. They won the Tour. Now they're here in Tour of Spain. They're first, second, and third. They won a bunch of stages. And still, nobody's happy about them or with them. Mm-hmm. Right? It, that's actually not, not right. Right? But yeah, now, the- since everybody is able to give their opinion uh, <laughs> on any platform, it has to be taken into account. Because I cannot imagine you know, a sponsor as Jumbo or whatever, Cervelo or, you know, that matters to them. What people one, think. One of the one of the things I kept thinking about uh, as I was watching this Vuelta is they're they're getting their like graded and their popularity measured in real time. Like first of all, there are very few sports that go on for days, right? But you can adjust. Like Jonas did a big adjustment from the last two days to today. It's like you can literally take a look at your popularity rising or falling Remco too. Remco had a bad day and then he was seeking redemption. It's like this. I don't know if I'm making sense. This real time working on your public opinion is, is a pretty wild thing to witness. Yeah. We should mention Remco (laughs) won the stage today. Like easily. We'll talk about that in a second, but yeah, like Remco yesterday sucked. Now he's awesome. There is, it is flipping around. I mean, just to go back examine this question which i kind of take issue with the premise of is it okay to gift someone a, like a grand tour or is sepkus owed the win no obviously right like you don't gift someone a grand tour win but like if we want to play that game i still think stage 13 i think sepkus was much stronger than jonas and yeah. i think jonas attacked and sepkus is not going to chase his teammate down because it looks they, bad in retrospect they, maybe he yeah. should have Passed him, said, too sad, too, too bad, so sad about your daughter's birthday, Jonas. I'm going to win this and (laughs) dropped him because that's exactly what Jonas did on Sepp's own birthday. Yeah, I I agree. I agree. You know, Sepp Kuz was not gifted this, this Vuelta at all. 
he wrote for it, you know, he fought for it. And, uh, and even yesterday, I mean, look how, how much he fought for it that, you know, he, he was dropped. He fought then to stay on the wheel of Landa and then had to make sure that he passed Landa to get the bonus seconds to be sure to keep the Jersey. Um, and I don't think that Sepkus uh, will ever have the, the, the feeling that they gifted it to him. It's true. What you say, Spencer, uh, the stage on the Tourmalet, Sepkus was stronger. He was the strongest uh, I, rider in the race. Well, I think probably point. Roglic was the strongest rider there that day. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean um, the way the way Sepkus attacked there, and you know the difference in speed was was really impressive. Uh, and let's not forget, you know, this is also the first time everything's new for Sepkus. He's never been in this situation <laughs> to deal with this, and especially to deal with that this constant pressure day after day from the morning till the evening and yes it's not tour it's the vuelta thank for thanks for for that for sepkus because the, the you know everything in the tour de france is magnified by by 10 compared to the vuelta but um yeah it's a new experience and and I, you could see at some at some race at some stages that sep was you know had to really fight for it you know uh he was he was suffering a bit but he fought for every single square centimeter of that uh, red jersey, you know, he, he deserves that, you know, fair and square, in my opinion. And, and and let's add to that. I know we've said it before and most people know this, but the reminder that this was his third grand tour, like the, the fatigue, That's crazy. The, how his summer has been is just unreal. Um, let's talk a little bit about before we move on to Remco, I, the, the hit like, OK, I know they still have got to get through two more stages safely. But his, the historical value, we were already hyping how big it is, and it's never been done, that one team wins all three Grand Tours. That's going to happen. But then three different riders. And then you top it off one, two, three on the podium. Like just, this, no. is, some, this is something they'll talk about 50 years from now. It's mind-blowing. It is mind-blowing. <laughs> no, the one, like two, the two. answer to trivia question for a long yeah. time. Right? Yeah. The one, two, three has happened before, you know, as we said, or as we said already in, you know, and it, uh, you know, I, I thought it, it happened only once, um, in 1966, the, there was one team who did one, two, three, and then they also had five, six, and seven. So six, six, six riders in the top seven of the Vuelta. Uh, it has also happened, uh, twice in uh one time in the giro in but that was like in the 1920s mm. and one time in the tour also uh so it has done been done before but not never has one team won all three grand tours in one in one season and and i i, I would i mean i don't know but i would have we would have to do some research i don't think that ever a rider has won a grand tour which is his third grand tour in 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 the same season I, I think that's I also cannot very imagine that's ever happened. I mean, yeah. yeah, that that it's it's somewhat un, so. The the fact that they are they are going to win, I think it's easy to say they're going to win all the three Grand Tours. Uh, maybe even if Subcoos crashes or something, one of them will win. Um, but that just makes it. I think people don't like the idea, like oh, the strongest rider should win. Well, I do think over three weeks, Subcoos probably has been stronger than the guy in second place, but. They do need like Richard Pluga, the team manager, needs to take into account 
you're in uncharted waters and you're in potentially dangerous waters when you're this dominant. Like you can't just come in. Like if Jonas came in and won all three grand tours every year for the next five years, they would hate, like they, everyone would hate Yumbo. So you do want to bring in a, Spencer, there's not, it's already the case. You but know, the fact that Coos is going to win this, I, I think helps them quite a bit. The fact oh, that they I have see. a likable it does. It does. domestic it does. I mean, if the best guy for that, for, for their brownie points, I would say, <laughs> you know, is, is that Sepp Kuss wins instead of Jonas and instead of Roglic. Uh, I agree. You know, he's the underdog. He's the nice guy. He's the helper. Um, you know, not saying that Jonas and, and Primoz are not nice guys, right? But uh, it's like, you know, Grant Thomas said it perfectly. He says, I'm pretty sure that the big majority of this Vuelta Peloton and of the entire pro Peloton wants Sepkus to win this Vuelta. That's how popular he is. And yeah, I mean, Yumbo wins because they win and they win all three Grand Tours, three different riders. Sep wins because he wins the race. Primoz loses here. I think it's hard to find a positive for Primoz, but I think Jonas, this is good for him. It's like the best thing that could happen to him because he's strong. He finishes second, but now he is a little bit more sympathetic heading into the tour next year. And he's not seen as this like boring machine that will come along and just win every race that he enters. I think that's, that's going to be helpful for him next year. Yeah. Well, I wonder what, I mean, wonder what I've been, what has been said, you know, between yesterday and today in, in the Jumbo at the, you know, at the table or in the bus or whatever, you know, because uh, yesterday Jonas, I mean, they had this plan that Primoz would win the stage. Jonas was in second. He, he looked behind, didn't wait for Sepkus. We still don't know what Sepkus has said. If he said, go guys, or, Oh guys, um, <laughs> but uh, but today there was a clear change. I mean, you know, just not not just Jonas made it very very clear that he was the guy who wanted Sepkus to win. You know, he did the tempo, not not Primos. You know, Primos is sitting in third, Jonas is sitting second, uh, Sepkus in first. Logically, it would be you know the third guy on GC who sets the tempo, then then Jonas at the wheel, and then Sepkus. Jonas made it a point to to pull, and then at the end, when Sepkus followed the attack of uh, was it Hendrik Mas and Ayuso? Yeah, uh, you know, Jonas made sure that there was a little bit of time in between. You know, if the, if this is a Jonas Vingegaard who goes for the leader's jersey, he's not losing one single second. Um, so I, I think that was also a clear sign that Vingegaard himself. Absolutely wants to take every doubt away. And it's not eight seconds now, it's six, 17 seconds. Just to make sure that if there's some nervousness in the next stages, let's say there's a gap in the tomorrow in the stage. Let's say Sepkus gets blocked behind something and, and you know there's a gap. Before you know, there's 10 seconds with you know with the first group. Um so that actually was taken care of today also with Jonas Vingegaard's action to you know not really insist you know he doesn't have to worry about second place that was for sure and he makes sure that sep can be uh you know relaxed and especially the fans who have been critical of jonas and jimbo they can be more relaxed too i think that was really nice and very professional so yesterday we were you know criticizing jonas and the team today we have to say chapeau Applaud, uh, really, really job well done. 
to try to like step inside the mind of Jonas and maybe paint him in a little bit more sympathetic light than we did yesterday. Did he put, is Roglic a bit of like, is he not, I don't want to say problem because he's a very good rider, but is he a bit of a disruptor at this race? Because he goes yesterday, probably when he doesn't need to Sep drops and he, does Jonas follow him there because he's thinking, Oh, Sep might lose this race. And, and I don't want Primos to ride away with it. That's not the deal. I, I told That's Sep, a, I want him to win the race. I think, I think you're reading too much into you're, you're reading, you're reading too much forums or some, <laughs> or something. Like that. Do you think they like each other? Like, do you think Jonas is thinking, I don't I, want this guy at the tour. I think year. so. I think, you know, I mean, I'm not going to say it, but you know, they're, they're professional colleagues and they, you know, they work together. Um, I personally don't think I personally don't honestly don't think that Primoz is a problem. Uh he he's of course he's a he's a winner and rarely is he in a position that you know he he has to do this but let's not forget uh last year's Tour de France Primoz Roglic was hurt really bad. He was you know normally he would not not have been starting the stage. The the the, the job he did to crack Pogacar on in the stage of the Galibier and uh what was it called? The uh, Granon. Called the called the Granon. That's that's Primoz Roglic basically burying himself there for the benefit of Jonas Vingegaard. Well, you these know, facts it, are inconvenient, Johan. To my theory. Well, that's why I'm saying. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. You know, I don't think. I don't think. I, I, I think Primoz is can be and has been a great teammate when he's when he has been when he's been asked to. I think part of that might be this is my theory is is the age difference. Primos is has been around. He's older. He's on even though he's in peak form, he's on the tail end. He's like he the career is the story is told. Jonas is what twenty six. He wants it all. Yeah, you know, he, he wants it all right now. That's it. You know, Remco wants it all. Pogacar wants it all. It's an age difference thing, in my opinion. Mm. Yeah. Well, I don't Primoz know. can hear the tick tick of time. I'm sure. I mean, yeah. how long does he have I, I, left I, to win? I personally think that we're, you know, like this whole thing about Jonas, you know, I mean, uh, listen, he's not, he's not a guy who like, he's, he's not very expressive. Uh, you know, he just, his interviews are always really calculated. Uh, so from what I hear within the team, he's an amazing guy, like an amazing guy. You know, it's not always what they project to the outside, right? Uh, this is a guy who doesn't like the spotlights and focuses on, you know, trying to win races, but no. Yeah, we did get that email that, I'll, I'll, you know, if you guys will remember, but some of our listeners may not have caught it. Somebody who from that, who really knew the area of Denmark where he's from said that they are very humble. You don't brag about yourself. You're mm -hmm. not, you don't act cocky. You just, you're gracious and humble. Yeah. Uh, and that was, you know, that was many shows ago, but that, that explains a lot too about his behavior. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I think so. Listen, and good, all good. I mean, we're not in Madrid yet, but at least, you know, I think the decisive stages are, are done. You know, the stage 20 is still very hard, but I, I personally don't think it's going to be a factor, uh, amongst the top five, uh, riders probably going to be a breakaway again, but, uh, so, you know, I think uh, they kept us in a suspense until the last moment, but at the end, we have to say and give it to them. They did the right thing. What What do you think caused 
like, do you think Jonas was just thinking, you know, we should do this? Or do, do you think orders came down from top? Like, did Richard Pluga show up to the team bus this morning and say, this is what you're going to do? <laughs> it's a difficult, I mean, from what I hear, you know, they always, uh, they, they make a plan and then they discuss the plan with, you know, the, the major players as, as you should, as you should. And, you know, I personally think they came to a consensus, you know, that this is, this is the way it should be. Um, I don't know if Sepp actually also had his, you know, like, like, Hey guys, I really want to win this race. Look what I've done for you. Listen, he's entitled to, you know, he's entitled to, to, to say that because, you know, let, yesterday, you know, in La Movida, we had uh, a special guest. We had Chechu Rubiera uh, on, on the show. And, um, because he lives in the area there and, and Victor Hugo Pena went to, went to, to visit him at his house. And, uh, and I, it was actually really ideal moment because I, I called Sep, I called Chechu, you know, Chechu was known to be the most loyal helper. There was always there in the final of the races with Lance in the mountains. I called him the Sepkus of the, of the two, the 2000 area. You know, I asked him the question and, and Chechu is an amazing guy never complains, never saw it, says anything negative about nobody, you know? It, and, and I asked Chechu the question, I said, Chechu, put yourself in the situation of Sepkus. You know, you've been, all, been doing all this work, not just this year, years and years, and, and you're in this position and you're in the lead jersey of the Tour of Spain and you can win and then you have this situation as yesterday. And he said, I would feel betrayed. That came from him, and you know that 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 for me was very telling because, uh, and and I personally, you know, of course they're not going to Sepkus was not going to express this publicly, but deep down, I'm pretty sure that you know he had those thoughts and said, hey, and probably also voiced his opinion and said, hey, guys, I want to win this race. You know, it's up to you now to to deliver it to me. I've I've, I've delivered so much to you already, and they need. They need Sepp Kuz to be as loyal as he ever has been, if not more now. Yeah. Like going yeah. into next year's tour. There's one know, that's amazing. There's one little one interesting thing that I want to bring up uh about this whole, you know, and I, I'm you know, I, finally, you know, 99% sure Sepp Kuz is gonna win the Vuelta, I know, but there were certain certain people have asked me, you know, what is there could there be any other reason that you know, the team management doesn't make that decision. And certain people ask me about bonuses. Yeah. Money, right? So if you put yourself in the skin of the team manager and look at this from a business point of view, because at the end of the day, this guy needs to run a business. He has a budget. Yeah. And he needs to make sure that everybody's paid and that he has sponsors. And, 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 you know, I was thinking, you know, could it be, because if you look, Roglic and Vingegaard, they're on high salaries and they are already, they are paid to win these kind of races. So either if Primos or Jonas would have won the Vuelta, I'm pretty sure there's no bonus in their contract for winning the Vuelta because they're paid and expected to win these races. Hmm. If Sepkus has signed a contract and he has a good agent and this agent has been planning ahead, it is very possible that there's a huge bonus for a rider like Sepkus if he wins a Grand Tour. You know, I think if we're speaking like Vuelta España, 
we're probably speaking, you know, between 600 and 600,000 and a million bonus. Then, you know, I'm putting my team manager's cap on and I say, hey, I need to make sure that I find this 1 million euros here. If this guy <laughs> wins, the, wins the Vuelta. And if the others win, I, it costs me nothing. Yeah. So, I thought I thought you were setting that up to go the opposite way, like the, you know, the that Roglic and Vingago have bonuses for that, and Sep does. No. Let Sep win, and I'll save money. It's the no, opposite. no, he wouldn't save. He wouldn't save money. He, it would yeah. cost him money. So yeah, no, it's a funny, and and I don't, and I I do do not think that's what's happening here. But you oh. could imagine a less well-run team. One of those two guys getting a phone call off the record saying, "Hey." <laughs> I need you to win this race because I don't have happened. a million. It yeah. has happened in the past, for sure. <laughs> I, I'm not shocked. Because that is a, but not to get too far into the weeds here, but do we know, does Yumbo have a sponsor? What is going on with that? Well, they, they, they're fine for next year. You know, they're everything's fine, for, fine next year. for next year. Okay. The only thing is that Jumbo has said that if they would find a replacement, Jumbo as a company would be willing to step back. They have already said that they're not renewing for 2025. Okay. Maybe a Sepkus bonus is it's like a lottery winning. It'll get paid out over 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We got to spend some time on Remco. We can't ignore that. Everyone, uh, you know, another guy under the microscope, this entire Vuelta. Um, your thoughts after seeing him today, you know, he's got the polka dot Jersey. He gets another stage win. He seems well, happy. What do you think? I I predicted it on, on outcomes yesterday. He was my choice for the for the stage win from a breakaway. So I'm happy that that turned out uh, good. I mean, you know, he he did now win three stages. I mean, listen, the the performances. If you if you look at what he did on stage, what was it? Stage fourteen, probably a yeah, stage fourteen. The day after he broke down, he he did this strong ride, won the stage, uh, dropped Roman Bardet, super good rider. Today he did the same thing, dropped Damiano Caruso uh and, and Max Poole, you know. Uh so he wins three stages, wins the mountains jersey. Uh he himself in the in the interview afterwards said, you know, I mean, of course, my GC ambitions uh, couldn't come true, but I I look back on the great Vuelta. <laughs> I, I mean, listen, it's amazing to win three stages and and win the pocket of jersey. But it's Remco Evenepoel, and he came here to win. So, well, if you see you don't win, obviously you have to change your 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 goals. And and hats off to him that he could you know motivate himself or re-motivate him and 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 go for stage wins. But uh, deep down, this is not what he came for. This is not a, a great success. It's it, I mean, and it, and once again, I'm. I have to say the same thing as what we're saying about Jumbo Visma. We said Jumbo Visma, first, second, third, five stage wins, you know, and yet we were critical. It's a bit the same for Remco. And let's not forget the the, the guy, I'm going to say the kid. It's, you know, he's still young, young, young kid. 23 years old. Today, he obtains his 50th victory. 50 in professionals. That's just like, I mean, mind-blowing. But still... There is a little, you know, I, I mean, I don't, I don't, I mean, obviously it's, it's great, but he came for more. He came for more. 
Hmm. What well, would you uh, comment on that? And then I'd love to know uh, how you would have Remco adjust things for next season. Go ahead, uh, Spencer. Though I was going to say, well, everyone came for more except for Sepkus. So <laughs> it's a bit of a high bar you're holding them to. He'll probably win what four stages here. I mean, I would pencil him in for stage 20 at this point. He already has three stage wins unless I'm miscounting, but the way he wins these stages is, is unbelievable. I mean, just to sit on a front like a motorcycle and then just pop everyone up as we want to win. Um, if he wants to, I mean, I'm actually wondering, Johan, are we, I understand that he failed in the GC and it does make me have questions about him as a GC like super contender, if we want to put the top guys in a special tier, but should he just hunt stages? Like, could this be his career? He just wins four stages every grand tour and then wins two monuments every year. That's a pretty good career, right? <laughs> yeah. But that's not, that's not, that's not in his mind. That's that, that's know. Walt Van Aert's plan. <laughs> I, I just wonder if that is getting devalued too much. If hmm. like, remember Valverde, Valverde wanted Welta just like Remco. But his career really was just racking up wins across all types of terrain, all types of races. I kind of wonder if we've just gotten drunk on this idea of, oh, like you've got to win classics. You got to win monuments. You got to win grand tours. Is that really scalable for anyone that's not Tade Pogacar? Um, uh, listen, he's, he's a great talent. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Uh I personally think, you know, he's still, I mean, I definitely don't write him off. I mean, listen, he won the Vuelta. Um, I think he was, you know, in a good position to win the Giro probably without having this, this COVID incident. Um, although Primoz was really strong and, and Geraint Thomas was really strong, but he, he's, he's up there with those guys, you know, uh, in my opinion, you know, and I don't want, you know, because I'm getting criticized a lot to be a huge Remco fan. And and I am, I am, I'm a have to, you know, I am, but I'm also critical of him when I have to be. Uh, like, for example, you know, I, I did not think that yesterday uh, was a good idea to go in the breakaway. I, I thought he should have focused yesterday on trying, staying with the favorites and try to win on the Angli route to make a statement. That's my opinion. It's not his opinion, and you know, very respectfully, you know, it's very to be respected. Um, but I think it's still too early to say, you know, uh, he already won a one grand tour at 23. Who else can say that? I think Tade, right? Doesn't he have two two de France victories that's at it. 23? That's, that's it. That's it. Jonas didn't win. Jonas when he won the tour. He must have been 23, right? Yeah, he was 22. 22. I just wonder if, and this might be nonsense babble, but he's obviously amazing at riding his own pace. Uh, unbelievable. Can he ride at other people's pace for 21 days? You know, that would be the question I have about him because stage 13 clearly was just, this is not the right pace for me. I have to go slower. And he went slower and you can never do that. If you're a top tier GC rider. Well, I think there's a lot to be looked at. Uh, I think he learned more in this Vuelta from this, you know, good start than having the bad day and then changing his goals. I think he probably learned more than than maybe winning the Vuelta another time uh, and being dominant. Uh, he they need to go back to the drawing board, in my opinion, uh, adjust a few things. I think there's 
stuff to be done in terms of season planning. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, before let's not forget this Vuelta initially before the, before the the season was not on his plan. He was focusing on the Giro and then the World Championships. So the Vuelta came kind of in a second in a second phase of the of of, of the of the season, and they had to adjust the whole planning towards it. But um, I think I think there's a lot of room for improvement still. Uh, he needs to learn a lot, uh, and uh, I think it's kind of scary if you see how fast he can go certain times uh for for the competition if he can still you know improve it's it's you know anyway that's 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 just my opinion so I, when i was go ahead, go ahead when, jb when i was thinking about remco you know one da- bad day costs you that that's kind of a, a storyline that we're seeing mm-hmm. my question for you guys is do you think we will see more of those one day cracks just by the way they're designing these grand tour courses they're finding steeper climbs intentionally they're finding uh, alternate routes up that have a steeper pitch in general and they're you know throwing a mountain stage in stage three we're seeing these tougher tours in general so mm-hmm. maybe the the one bad day is going to be more of a common occurrence which is actually good for the fans yeah you may have a point there jb i mean i never i, I didn't think about that but uh the the way certain grand tours are designed now makes it that you know you have to be really on good form from the very beginning you know traditionally it was okay you know there's a the, the first week it's kind of leading up and then you go in the mountains and you have kind of two mountain uh, groups, you know, Alps, Pyrenees, or where, here in, in, you know, either in the Pyrenees and then in Asturias in, in the Vuelta, uh, in the Giro, it's the Dolomites. And, um, but yeah, I mean, I think, I think it can happen because you have to be on top from, from of your form from the start. And, and there is not one single stage nowadays where they take it easy in the beginning. Every single stage is full gas from the start. It's 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 incredible. Uh, stages are shorter, yes. You know, there's no more stages of 250, 260, 270 sometimes. That's not, but you know, who, who wants to watch that? You know, who wants to see that? It's better to see shorter stages where mm-hmm. it's full gas the whole time. Uh, and, you know, it's, it, it is really intense the whole, the whole time. So uh, you could, yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think it's possible that you see those those, but more in younger riders though. Mm-hmm. I can see that the more the more experienced riders that have that under their belt and they have that, you know, under control. It's kind of it's a good question, JB. I was actually thinking about this because we see a lot of early mountain stages, usually like a mild summit finish in the first week of Grand Tours, and I was thinking, you know, what riders have won those met stages and then gone on to win the race because if you go back to the 2020 tour primos storms to victory on the first uphill finish does not win that race obviously famously um and then look at this one remco evanapol looks amazing on the stage three uphill finish obviously doesn't go on to win Jonas is second Juanayuso's third well Juanayuso is is falling fast Jonas is, is pretty good but Jonas, you would say is an unusually good rider across three weeks but you look at like Mark Soler in fifth, Enric Moss in sixth, Lenny Martinez in seventh. Those guys are all hanging on by a thread right now. And then you go down, Sepp Kuss finished 14th, 13 seconds back. He's going to win this race. And Mika Landa finishes 29th, a minute and a half back. 
that guy's probably the strongest GC non Yumbo GC rider in this third week. So it does show you that it is hard to find that balance between where do you hit your peak form in these grand tours? Yeah, I agree. Uh, any other takeaways before, or, you know, or maybe you guys, will, I know you go deep on outcomes, but do you want to give us a little, what to expect tomorrow? Of course we know what to expect going into Madrid, but. Bunch sprint tomorrow. A bunch sprint. Why? Why did they, <laughs> why are two out of the last four days bunch sprints? Did they think this through? <laughs> I mean, I, well, we, first of all, we don't, we're not sure it's going to be a bunch sprint, true, right? True. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the guys are tired. The teams are not complete anymore, but still, um, I think it's going to be a bunch sprint tomorrow because, uh, Let's say, because, you know, in theory, Remco is still in the running for the green jersey. If he would win stage 20 and Caden Groves doesn't score any points tomorrow and then something happens on the last stage, he gets blocked in or something and it's not top 10. I think in theory, he's still not he's, he's still not sure of the green jersey. So I think that's why. Tomorrow, Alpacin is going to make sure it's a bunch sprint. Or Caden uh, Groves goes in the break. He's done that also already before. The guy, the guy is is moving <laughs> right now. I mean, yeah. it, it was that didn't work on stage 16, but he was in both of those breakaways that formed, and he was pushing the pace in them. That would be fun to see him in the break. Actually, you know, now I'm more intrigued because Remco is closing in on this green jersey. I, I do think bunch sprint tomorrow. Stage 20, pretty interesting. I like this tradition. That's It's similar to the Alsace stage at the stage 20 of the tour this year. The climbs are easier than those, um, but it's 10 categorized climbs on stage 20. You know, this idea that they're going to throw a stage 20 in just like, a, here's 10 climbs. Let's see what happens. Is It's kind of a fun <laughs> thing that's happening in Grand Tours. Well, Spencer, you know, that stage is it's breakaway day. And then... You know the whole, the rest of the peloton is going to be at the mercy of Jumbo Visma. There are still there's still eight guys. There's still going to be eight guys. Then uh, the pace that Jumbo Visma sets on that kind of stage is is you know way too hard for the biggest part of the peloton right now. So everybody's going to be be saying, "Okay, Jumbo, please have mercy." Um, so I don't expect uh, any. But do we remember what happened stage twenty of the tour this year? A certain Jumbo Visma rider crashed out on a descent, one of these uh, tricky descents. Do not freaking jinx it, man. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just trying to say stuff can still happen. <laughs> uh, hey, on another note, have you guys heard any updates on Nathan Hoydunk? Uh, yes. Um, I mean, the last thing I've heard is that, um, I mean, it's not sure whether, I mean, first reports were that he had a, he had a heart attack or something. Then I've also seen reports that it was like an epilepsy attack. Anyway, he had some kind of uh, seizure, um, which provoked his all of a sudden acceleration with the car. Uh, but after being in observation in the in the hospital, he actually is fine. Uh, he okay. has no injuries. It was the scare, and you know the the basically you know being unconscious and having provoked the accident. But uh, I've heard that. He's definitely going to be all right. I don't know if he's left the hospital already, but he's going to be all right and going to be no, okay. Good no, news. no further consequences. Yeah. I was thinking, can you race with epilepsy? Yes. Because you can. Yes. 
So you think he'll be, I mean, it was kind of the, the messaging was a little, as you said, all over the place, but if he's not too badly injured, I guess he could be back racing by next season in theory. Yeah. He, he just, I'm, I have no doubt about that. And are you going I, to the finals? Riders who were, you know, like top, top, top of the world, you know, grand tour winners who, who had epilepsy and, oh, okay. and was perfectly under control. Are you going to the final stage in Madrid? Going to be a sprint stage, I, I would assume. And it's a beautiful city, so it's a fun stage to watch. Are you going to be there? No, no. I, I know. I, <laughs> I know. I know. I know the area. It's. I mean, it's everything's closed off. It's difficult to get there. Um, it's no. I'm and I have to be. I have to be back to do outcomes and I know uh, the move and La Movida straight after the race. So rumor has it you've seen a few bike races. Anything else, uh, parting thoughts before I do our Ventum trivia for someone to have the opportunity to win a brand new GS1 gravel bike? If they, you don't have anything else, I, I'll move on to that. I think we've covered everything. Okay. David. I guess what you should maybe talk about on the Sunday show is I, I didn't want to talk about, I don't want to jinx it, but like, what does this mean for American cycling? Mm -hmm. Sepku's kind of an, you would not have picked him to be the American to win. The, like the first grand tour in a decade since Chris Horner at the Vuelta in 2023. Let's mention it. Chris doesn't get a lot of credit for that on 20, Peacock. 2013, 2013. Sorry, 2013. And then this is 2033, yeah, 2023. And then Johan yeah. Sun will win 2033. But <laughs> we maybe talk about like, what does that mean? Like, is this going to even meaningfully bump interest in the U S or like, what does this mean for Sepp Kuss's career? Is he now a GC rider? What's going on with that? So mm -hmm. after he actually wraps it up, that'd be interesting to hear you guys talk about it. Yeah, definitely. We'll talk about that. That's a, that's a great question. But yeah, I, I was thinking the same thing and I'm like, I don't want to get don't ahead wanna, of myself. Yeah, I don't want to start talking about it. <laughs> don't jinx it. Uh, all right, here uh, we are uh, partnered with Ventum Bikes and we're going to give away a brand new GS1, their new gravel bike. And uh, all you have to do is send in your trivia question answers and you'll be in the drawing. So uh, just to give you the answer from um, uh, the last show, the question was in 2018, Lance raced the Odyssey Orcas Island swim run event. What was the name of his teammate? The answer was the 2000 Olympic gold medal in triathlon, Simon Whitfield. All right. Uh, now you can participate by sending in an answer today. It doesn't cost you anything. I'll give you the email and address in a second. Today's question is, what is the name of George's hotel and where is it located? Of course, we're talking about George Hincappy. What is the name of his hotel and it's cycling related and where, and just so people know, not where does George live? Where is the hotel? It's located exactly. It's just outside of where he lives. I'm trying to help you out here. Send your answer in to trivia at ventumracing.com. Good luck. Okay. That's it, guys. I know you got more to do, more outcomes, La Movida. And now you're doing La Movida Plus too on occasion. I think that's great. But you guys, if you haven't been catching the extra shows, it's in the same feed. So I hope you're not missing it. But these guys are really, really drilling down on specific topics with Move Plus. Very good stuff. But Johan Spencer, thank you for all your input today. Appreciate you. Thank you for everyone for listening. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, JB.